Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Shot and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can but talk film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will give it all the guts. Lights, camera, action. Welcome to a new year, but the same Real Nerds podcast. Every week, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw American Fiction. Stay tuned, because we'll recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. We'll also talk about movie news and things we watch throughout the week. This is our 13th consecutive year of seeing a new movie every week. And I'm always joined by my friend, Brad. Brad, how are you? Hey, new year, new me, right? Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. I was at, nice. I was at the Brass Armadillo today. And while I was there, Did I was thinking about... Did you get that Stewart thing I showed you? So I went to look at it, and there's, like, gum or something on it. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, the picture has, like, it's the picture's stained with something. I don't know what it is. Rod Stewart's cum, dude. Um, Dude, I'd be fucking licking it. Um, <laughs> it's um, like you're such a Rod Stewart fan that like you can see like the the scent trails like a cartoon, <laughs> like a some put a pie on a windowsill like mm, Rod Stewart's come. That's how you found it in that huge store. <laughs> um, the but that booth it was in, I found like a couple comics that I needed, some Defenders and Batman Gotham Adventures. So they're only like two bucks. So not a total loss. But as I was going through there, I realized that when I'm dead, my wife is probably going to rent a space there and just put my collections there <laughs> and put, you know, the death of Gwen Stacy for $2. And <laughs> I feel like that's generous and not just like it's going to end up on the uh, corner of the driveway for the trash pickup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not even that. She just burns it in the back uh, fire pit we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just one comic a day. He, he, he really loved this comic. <laughs> uh speaking of that uh did you i don't know if you saw that story about a guy who had like all of his valuable comics at a storage unit and naturally the storage unit was broken into and those were stolen oh i didn't see that one like would you ever do that no my comics go everywhere with me yeah like i keep them close like the really valuable ones like like maybe if i had a bunch of like 90s you know dollar issues i would put them in my storage <laughs> unit but not like my ninja hurdles number one second printing <laughs> like that's in the I, house with me i know even on my like not valuable ones i'm actually like really um what's not the right word very protective of them um because you never know when they're gonna pop and, and and case in point um i mean i'll never sell them so, like my wife always says they're worthless but they are worth something and some of those 90s Spider-Man comics where they were garbage, 
are starting to go up in value. I have this two-part Spider-Man story where Carnage men or bonds with uh, the Silver Surfer, and it used to be like a stupid comic, and now it sells for like a hundred fucking dollars. So you never know when yeah. a certain comic might take off. It's weird to realize that, like, you know, the way when we were collecting stuff from the fifties and sixties was popping. It's mm-hmm. now that time later. And so, you know, these issues oh, that, yeah. you know, we just got off the, like the grocery store news rack, like they're valuable now. Actually, I got a better one. So like, there's a big rumor that Taylor Swift is going to be dazzler in, um, uh, the new Deadpool movie. So it's driving the cells of her, of dazzler's appearances. And I happen to have Dazzler's first appearance and her first solo series because Spider-Man's in them. And I get them for Spider-Man. <laughs> and I remember I got her, her first appearance is in an X-Men. I don't remember which one. And I remember I got it maybe 15, 20 years ago. And it was $3. And now 200 something dollars. Nice. So if anybody wants the first appearance of Dazzler, you call me. And I will give it to you if you give me an old Spider-Man. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> Just a straight trade. Not even the money. Yeah. Have you seen that uh, the infamous uh, Mad Ex-Girlfriend, Green Goblin first appearance? No. It's, so this dude sent it to... Uh, well, he first posted it online, and it's the first appearance of the Green Goblin. And she wrote on it, Go to Hell and your yeah your comics are stupid or something and it got graded by cgc and it actually has a prestige label where it's called angry ex-girlfriend version (laughs) it's hilarious that is funny funny because she wrote it in like sharpie on the cover but but it's funny they have like a a classification system for that type of comic (laughs) yeah you should look it up on google it's funny i will Um, uh yeah so yeah that's um yeah but you're right because even you know when i started collecting comics i mean you know when you look at the 60s and 70s stuff that's the stuff you know that was a little expensive and kind of out of our reach but you know you would save up and you'd get one or two of them now it's the stuff from the 90s and the early 2000s you go why is this stuff popular you know like maximum carnage or Spawn. <laughs> so no. What do I know? Yeah. I mean, Spawn. But, I get because it was like the one big deal in the nineties uh, amongst like you know other than Death of Superman. Like that was mm-hmm. like in the zeitgeist. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember my friend Brandon framed the first appearance of Spawn, and I'm, it wasn't that expensive for a long time. But now it's starting to go up in value because people you know realize the value of that. Anyways, the brass armadillo smells weird, and um, <laughs> but there's some really cool stuff there. <laughs> there is like they have that whole like filing system of license plates. So I was like, this would be great for movies. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. You see, in the, some some of the most random stuff there, but yeah, it's cool. Like at some point, this was in someone's house, like just mounted to a wall, or yeah. And the crazy thing is, when I was checking out, um. A guy up there wanted to get a a booth or a case. It's a two year wait for the case and a four year wait for the like showroom booths. That's crazy. Like last time I was there, they had like a whole row of open cases. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Anywho, uh, this week <laughs> we saw American Fiction. Brad, do you recommend American Fiction? Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's a. I mean, it's a good movie, but um, it wasn't as fun as the trailer made it out to me. Um, it, it like all the fun stuff is in the trailer to me, except for like one thing, which I one joke which i saw later on like as a, they turned into social media posts um but other than that it's it's like a family drama so like the, the whole book writing thing is like a side piece of the movie so um yeah i guess just wish there was more comedy to it how about I, you yeah actually i really enjoyed this movie um i yeah i mean the the comedic beats were mostly in the trailer. Um, but I'll talk about it in spoilers because there's some, like, it's hard to talk about the movie because it interweaves so intricately with the book he wrote. But yeah, I think you should see it. Um, you know, it's really well acted. Um, I thought it was really well shot. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Here's a trailer for American Fiction. Are those human remains? Do you guys have a permit for that? Well, shut the fuck up, Philip. Cliff, you don't talk to me like that. You want me to beat your ass? I'm just- Fuck out of here, Philip! I will eat your sweater vest for dinner. Always been a fucking douche. Listen, Monk, you need some time off. Why don't you go back and spend a little more time with your family? You know that all successful writers are tormented by their families. You look fat. Okay. How the fuck? I don't feel like much of the writer lately. Your books change people's lives. It's something I've written never changed your life. Absolutely. My dining room table was wobbly as hell. Oh my god. Before your last the book came out, it was like perfect. <laughs> How's your brother doing? I still live in Tucson. What's wrong with Tucson? There's one gay bar and it's full of college kids. One of them asked me if I was Tyler Perry. I mean, Tyler Perry lives in Atlanta, right? Fuck you. <laughs> Any news? Editors. They want a black book. They have one. I'm black, and it's my book. Look at what they expect us to write. Would you read an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, where you be going in a hurry like that? If and you gots to know, I was going to the pharmacy. If they want stereotypes, I'll give them one. What is this? Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack, that's black, right? Nobody's gonna publish this. Just wanna rub their nose, isn't it? We love it. What? It is very, uh... Black? Yes, that's it. I'm happy you said it and not me. <laughs> I wrote it. That's a joke. People wanna love you, Monk. You should let them love all of you. Sold the movie rights. Yes! We think it is going to be the bestseller. I'm sure white people on the Hamptons will delight in it. Yeah, we will. They, they, we, it's going to be huge. Can you stick around and help with Mother? I got to get home. It's 8 in the morning. I'm not flying the fucking plane, bro. American Fiction stars a Jeffrey Wright as... He goes by Monk, but his real name is Thelonious Ellison. Um, and he is a PhD author. 
And he wrote, I guess they're fantasy books. I, I, I didn't really get that part or they're mythology books or something. Um, and he hasn't sold one in a long time. And he goes to a book fair Comic-Con kind of thing. And he sees that the most popular author there is a African-American woman who uh, I can't remember the, the name of her book. Um, but she exploits but played the, by, yeah. Yeah. She basically is exploiting um, the, the black experience in America with um, how people expect them to talk. And he thinks it's dumb. And he decides that as a joke, because he can't sell a book, he's going to write a book based on that and uh, or that style where he's giving he's pandering basically to to white people. And it's like, if this is what you want, I'm going to write it Yeah, playing into the stereotypes. Exactly. Um, And when he does that, it becomes insanely popular with the publishing companies. In fact, it's so popular that they want to option it to a movie. They want to do 750,000 advanced copies. Um, and it gets nominated uh, it's called, for an award. Yeah. Which he's put on the board for. Um, and the original name is my pathology, P A F O L O G Y. But he gets tired of it and he's in one meeting and he says, I want to change the name to just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. they go, um, how about damn or hell? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> we'll get back to he, you. <laughs> yeah. Every time he does something stupid, it just makes him more money. Um, you know, the, the part where he's at the, the bougie restaurant with, um, the, the writer, uh, Adam Brody's character, Wiley, um, and he has to act, um, street, <laughs> Um, and then he gets up and runs because his mom, who's suffering from Alzheimer's, he thinks this ambulance is for her, her his mother. And it just and the Wiley guy thinks he ran because he heard police sirens because um, yeah, he's his, the persona he created is a, a fugitive from the law. So, yeah. And the Stagger Lee is a, is a really famous R&B song. Yep. Um, <laughs> but he's Stag R. Lee. Yeah. Uh, that he does but it's all wrapped up in this uh family drama that you're given a little insight as the film goes on and you know what i think what's really cool about this movie is i did um actually think it was kind of cool to see um an african-american family be very successful but also have the same traumas that a lot of families go through and to me, that was a very interesting dynamic to the film where people expect them to be that stereotypical, you know, um, African-American where they're like, yeah, I, you know, I, I like guns and we get killed by police. And um, and I, I, I like the idea of that. No, they're just normal people and they everybody has family drama and uh family trauma in their lives yeah you're right it was a nice just juxtaposition uh to you know what he's going through with the book of like yeah it's uh 
these stereotypes are heightened reality and this is real life for this guy and his family. Yeah, um, you're right. Cause the, the stereotypes are so heightened and when you break it down to its core, uh, that's what I thought was the really fascinating part of this movie is, yeah, it'd be cool if they, he like, they did more of him, you know, trying to sell the book. But I did like too, that as you peel back the layers of who he is, um, you know, it, it's, it could happen to anybody, you know, I, I was shocked when he was at lunch with his sister and his sister died. Yeah. Um, and, and then as you go through it, you realize it happens to everybody, but then they had that really funny moment with like the uppity, like white dorky neighbor. <laughs> and they're like, get the fuck out of here, Tim, or yeah, whatever he, his name Philip, is. Yeah. When they're spreading the <laughs> yeah. ashes, like, do you have a yeah. permit for that? Are those human yeah. remains? You're a fucking douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the social post I saw later. They turned it into. Oh, did they? Uh, I, yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, that's like one of my favorite gags from the movie. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. I, I did kind of hope Philip would keep on coming back. Yeah, uh, but he never did, which was a bummer. Um, but I also really loved the story of Lorraine and Maynard. Um, the, I guess the maid for the family. I don't know what you would call her. Um, the helper, housekeeper, uh, housekeeper. Um. But she was more than that, obviously, because um, the family loved her and her, you know, slowly going on with the security guard at their um, beach house in Massachusetts. And um, yeah, I just thought it was it was a nice change of pace and um, it was really well acted. Yeah, for sure. Um, sorry, I'm struggling a little bit because unlike you, I saw this movie like weeks ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's trying to remember. Even when parts I made it, it the film of the week, I know you saw it like before film explosion. So yeah, <laughs> so just like it, just trying to bring back parts to me. Like I also thought, like yeah, like um, Monk also um, is dealing with like part of his story is that he's kind of a snob. Um, yeah, and how off-putting that is. Uh, like being like he just thinks he's better than everyone else. Um, yep. around him and so and how much trauma that like, kind of puts into everything else that's going on around him um, yeah it, like he's he's uh, kind of a facilitator for his own loneliness exactly uh, yeah he's uh yeah he, he has this chance to you know have a good relationship with this uh his neighbor and then yeah he just like yeah who's like a super nice lady yeah <laughs> Perfectly nice, perfectly pleasant, and he just sabotages his you know, own yeah. happiness because he just can't stand because uh, he just can't like not be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the opening of the movie though got me too. Is where he writes the the N word on the board, and he's the professor, yeah. and this, of course, this white woman is really offended by it. And I love the line where he says, "If I got over it, I think you can too." <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't. She leaves. <laughs> she just leaves. <laughs> yeah uh and the last thing i guess like i thought the ending was kind of like a little weak like it almost felt like the writers didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah um I, I i did not get the ending of like okay we're trying all these different options but it's the movie uh possibilities it just felt like the writing ran out of steam and they just yeah i mean poop. to me i, I would have ended it of him just being honest with the woman across the street yeah instead of it being at the award show because I thought that's what they're going with when his brother was talking to him, you know, and Sterling K. Brown is awesome in this movie. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I would I wanted him to go to her and just say, hey, I wrote this book. That's why I'm an asshole. Um, but, you know, you never get that. But I, I do strangely want to see uh, Plantation Annihilation. Oh, yeah, the movie in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, the horror movie where the the ghosts of the slaves come back and rip people apart. I'm like, okay, I watched that. What does that say about me? I don't know. Yeah, it yeah, God, it's such it's such a heartbreaking moment when um like the last interaction with the brother and their mom um mm-hmm. just just makes them uh yeah she doesn't recognize and, yeah she's like I wish you were different or whatever she said yeah yeah well she says I wish you weren't queer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not queer whatever they say. Um and yeah. and you realize, yeah, it's and that lady is amazing in the movie. Um cuz I mean, I've I've never I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything. I'm going to look at her IMDb real quick. Oh, she's a lady in Deadpool. <laughs> um his oh, yeah, uh, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. All right. Well, she's great in this movie because she to be able to act where you have moments of clarity and then moments of um, confusion. I mean, I believed her and I felt like so, I don't know, like, you know, having Alzheimer's would be a horrible disease to have. Yeah. You wouldn't even know you had it. Nope. <laughs> you have to be told every day. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the movie was well done and I, and I, I liked it. Cool. You got some news. Sweet. Yeah, sure. It's real news. Well, it's official, Brad. Mortal Kombat 2 has ended production. It's a wrap. The movie is in the can. Yeah, I just heard uh, Carl Urban is uh, Johnny Cage, which I did not hear ahead yeah. of time. Should he sure cool. is. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm down. I, you know, it was in on my film Explosion 2021 list, and I think the movie is fun. And <laughs> to me, all I want is guys to show up and fight and then kill each other. That's, yeah. that's my goal. I, I'd that's like there to be a tournament this time. I think there probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else to say about it. I will have yep. more when maybe we see a trailer or some photos from the movie that'd be great yeah i'm hoping that uh there's this weird like in between we'll probably get a shitload of tra- uh, trailers the next two weeks for the super bowl's dropping mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i really don't have anything else um unless you could think of something and i missed it no it's it's january there's <laughs> <laughs> and there's they're still coming off of the strike so yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what have you been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, I have like a, a pretty cool story for me personally. Um, because you, you know, I love Cary Grant. Um, wait, what? I know, right? <laughs> so, when, when did this happen? <laughs> I found out the day before it was happening that there was, um, a showing of North by Northwest at Harkins theaters, which they do like $5 Tuesday old movies or something. Um, so I was like, Oh, sweet. I'm going to go see that. Um, 
So I had to find a see if my mom could watch my kid, and she said she would. And then I logged on to buy a ticket, and the first one sold out. They they had to have two screenings of North by Northwest um, to fill the demand for the movie. Because they programmed it me, in their ten seat room first. <laughs> no, they're through uh, the theater I was in. Um, so it's Harkins Arvada, the oh. theater that was sold out was um if you when you go in i forget the number but it's the second theater on the left which is pretty big uh then the one i went to was the second one on the right and there had to have been like 80 something seats in it and it was almost sold out too <laughs> it's like so to me and i don't know if you get this when you watch movies that you love it's really cool when other people enjoy them as much as you do um and for a movie that is 65 years old, that it's sold out in one theater and almost sold out in a second one. Like the demand was so much, they had to have two showings. Um, yeah. Which to me is, is so cool to see. Well, we, we did that, uh, like, uh, Yumi, Zach, and Corinne, we saw it at the Shea Artiste and it was pretty packed. Yeah. It was. And I mean, I know it's one of the most famous films of all time. Um, and it's so fun to see with an audience because people laugh at the jokes and it's funny. Um, it's really well made. Um, and I don't know. There's just something about being there and experiencing that movie with a, an audience that is really cool to me. And um, I just had so much fun watching it with people and um, seeing how they, you know, they just enjoy it and how I enjoy it and seeing, man, I don't know the right word to, way to say it, but I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, it was yeah. just cool to be there. 65 year old movie sold out people laughing. People still, and, care, still care about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that, that's what I watched this week and it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, what was the um, age range of the people that did sell it out? Uh, there were like the older people, obviously. <laughs> I, I might have been the youngest one there. Not a lot of uh, 18, 20 year olds in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they should. They should uh, see that film because it's a great film. No cap, but uh, FR real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one selfieing themselves in the theater. Uh, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, so yeah, that that's all I watched this week. Um, I've been uh, trying to catch up on my video games, so I've been kind of all over the place. Right on. Yeah. Uh, what did you watch this week, Brad? <laughs> so much. <laughs> I mean, this is going back before Phil's explosion, man. Uh, <laughs> was the last thing I... Did I talk about the Color Purple remake? Nope. All right, let's hit that one real quick. Um, you know, it's I've seen the original. It's a powerful film story um i don't know if like having a fun musical with uh against the backdrop of like an adoptive father who like rapes his daughters and then uh they get sold off to be uh the wives of abusive husbands like there's, there's something you don't like sing and dance to that <laughs> yeah the singing and dancing to that did not feel right um <laughs> still a good movie though but uh, yeah <laughs> a bit of a tone clash going on in that movie um yeah, and I saw the boys on the boat. I'm just going to talk about the like in theater stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, the boys on the boat, George Clooney's rowboating movie, which I saw the trailer. And I was like, 
they are they are just like doing everything to make it seem like a life or death situation for rowing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you really sold it <laughs> uh, well, about uh, rowing. <laughs> You know, if, if no, you, that's fine. I'm if just you like competitive it's... rowing, like all the power <laughs> to you. But yeah, just like trying to make it as uh, like it's not like a life or death sport, to, like in my eyes. And the mo- movie didn't make it feel like that either. You know, the biggest drama is they have to go up against uh, Germany uh, in the Olympics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a Jesse oh, Owens scene and everything. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, the, the stakes aren't that, you know, if they lose it's not like America gets taken over, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we, you, you didn't do it. You, you came in second place or something, but um, it's still like a good movie, but it's just like the stakes aren't there. You know, it's really <laughs> trying to up the drama of the thing. That's like, yeah, if they lose, you know, they're embarrassed. It's that's about it. Well, did you, while they were, you know, rowing, were you chanting row, row, row? I mean, <laughs> did you really get into it? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, another movie I saw like a while ago. I'm just like, what else happened to that? Yeah. I guess the stakes is the 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 college loses some funding and the the Joel Edgerton is the uh, coach and he maybe loses his job and the other boys go back to being poor. Like all they're made out of like the poorest people in Seattle. Um. At the time. Um. <laughs> And yeah, so they just, they yeah they go back to being poor or something. But anyway, um, I guess the most interesting thing that I uh, like you had a cool experience at the theater. Um, I decided to try Regal's a Mystery Movie Monday uh, thing. Is the first movie I saw of the in the theater for the year? No, second because I saw American Fiction. <laughs> but yeah, it's like okay, I'll roll the dice on this. And, and yes, uh, uh, once in a while they're like movies that aren't coming out for like two months yet. So I was like, oh, I might see, I don't know, something for that's gonna be out in March. And uh, I go in, and there's no title card for this movie. Uh, so I'm like, okay, mm. what's going on? And the first scene is a uh, re- reenactment of the Trayvon Martin murder. Oh, fuck. I'm just like, oh, f- what the fuck is this movie? And then John <laughs> Ber- John Bernthal comes on and was like, okay, this is Ava du- DuVernay's uh, movie origin. The rest mm. of the audience, I'm pretty sure, doesn't, isn't like as familiar with what like what's coming out as I am. Cause I've seen a ton of trailers. So I'm like, Oh, that, why would you program this as a mystery movie? Like, um, this scene alone is going to alienate like half the audience. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, a event. Like that was just a small part of it. It's actually a movie about the cast system and, uh, how, you know, a lot of the world's problems aren't so much racism as, uh, just the, uh, system of just demeaning people. And like, that's part of it. Um, mm. so, uh, there's this, uh, woman, she's a writer and then, uh, some publications like, Hey, you should write about this, uh, uh, Trayvon Martin murder. And she's like, well, I don't want to just write that. I want to like explain why a Hispanic man felt like he was, uh, threatened by an African-American man. Like, you know, uh, why he felt the need to defend himself against that. And like why he felt he was more powerful than him, um, mm. and all that. So yeah, it goes into like these two other cultures uh like in india there's uh a, like literally shit on class of people that i forget the name of because this is weeks ago but like they literally clean the shit out of troughs for people that are regarded hmm. as more important than them um and then i forget what the other culture was 
uh, oh yeah, she, uh, the Jews in Germany, obviously during World War II, um, and how they took, uh, how the Germans took, uh, like lessons from American slavery mm-hmm. to dehumanize and label, like convince Germ- uh, the German people that the Jews were inferior like they did in you know, oh. American slavery. And so, and again, that is the same playbook in India for those other people. So um, it's more of like a, almost like a person explaining a book rather than a thing that's actual, like a narrative drama that plays out. Interesting. Um, so it was interesting, but I was like, man, what a wild hair up the ass for a mystery movie. Like <laughs> when you told me mystery movie, I thought it'd be something like ghostbusters or something. <laughs> I was hoping for frozen empire. I was like, sweet. <laughs> but no, I got a, an important lesson on the cast system. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw the, the book of Clarence and, uh, that was just a, a confusing film. Um, do you know, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in that movie? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. He plays like, uh, like someone who's confused for being Jesus. Um, so is there more than one Jesus in this movie? Cause I did want to see this, but I've heard it's not good now from multiple people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's well-made and, it might be interesting, but like, I didn't get it. Like, I wasn't sure what I was trying to go for. Uh, Clarence is, uh, a guy who has a ton of like debts in town. Um, and he devises this plan. Like he's an atheist and he thinks, um, this whole Christian movement is stupid. Um, and his, he has actually has a twin brother who is a devout Christian who follows directly with, uh, the other apostles. Uh, Thomas, I think was his name. Um, and so Clarence is like, Oh, I'll show you. I'll make my own uh religion uh, i'll become my own uh messiah to follow so he's like the the second messiah um mm. and that just invites trouble and uh yeah it wasn't a ton of fun jokes or anything and then uh you know there's parts where it gets like really supernatural and you're like oh okay so like a lot of this stuff is real and I, yeah i don't know i just i just couldn't get a, like a, a beat on it um, I'm not sure what it, like what it was trying to go for, like what was it like it didn't feel like it was saying anything, anything revolutionary, um, a, like it's like a subversive take that I feel like I've seen before. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, underwhelmed by that. Um, and then uh, I think the last thing I'll save a lot of this stuff for the, the our next week's episode. Um, but yeah, I saw Night Swim. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was another like, okay, yeah, it's PG thirteen horror, so uh, a lot of spooky setups, but nothing that's like too. And here's the thing: is sometimes PG thirteen horror movies can be good, like The Ring and things like that. But you kind of get trained to them, right? Where you know how the camera is going to pan, and you know something's going to pop up on like the left or right side of the screen. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, it's just the story about uh this family. Uh, the 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 dad is a uh, uh, baseball player who's been put on injured reserve, and so as he's healing, he's, like he has to move his family into like they have to downgrade their life. Um, but they uh, in their the search for a house, they find uh this one that's been on the market for a while. <laughs> Not surprisingly. Uh, that has a, a sorted past. And so they decide to move into it because it has a really cool pool and that'll help with his uh, leg uh, uh, strengthening. Like he can s- walk around and swim in the pool to help his leg. 
and uh yeah uh they, they discover all these haunting things start happening to them and uh so when i see the trailer i kept on thinking of uh deathbed the dead that eats people <laughs> yeah. but it's a pool that eats people i don't know if that's what happens in it but that's the vibe i got sort of like people do disappear in the pool so i oh, could sweet. be like well, i'm right <laughs> yeah um but uh God, they're also like surrounded by ghosts uh, outside the pool like if you go in the Ooh. pool like it, it sort of you, you kind of end up in like a s- alternate dimension where you can see the so, ghosts. like the ghostbusters too like slime in the sewers i guess so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then the ending is just like should i spoil it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blumhouse has really uh, mastered the art of releasing horror films in January that cost like eight to ten million dollars, end up making you know fifty to sixty. So good for them. Did this do that? Because I don't. I feel like it came out and no one paid attention to it. I, I don't know how much it made, but um, but yeah. I know usually Blumhouse is very successful. <laughs> and yeah, for even a Blumhouse, and- like it was just a, it was just a. Blumhouse marketed movie, right? They didn't actually make it, right? Um, I maybe it might be one where they bought it and distributed it. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Yeah. Anyway, it was well. It made twenty three million dollars. That seems of, like yeah. on the low end for a Blumhouse horror, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They're probably gonna cost like five to make, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing so. Maybe ten. Know. But yeah, it's just like his, it wasn't that intense or scary. I mean, Kellen could probably watch it. <laughs> no, well, I mean, he's moved on. I show. Uh, I'll talk about when next week when what we've been watching. Yeah, like some of the suspense is like, oh, he tripped and fell into the pool with the tarp still on. He he might get <laughs> trapped and drowned, like stuff like that. And then like, oh, occasionally like something weird appears in crevices and holes in the pool. Like, oh, okay, cool. Jump scare there. Uh, um, one of the reviews on I, IMDb right away, it drowned you in boredom. <laughs> yeah, like even, like the one plus thing is like the early on the family is like hip to what's going on. Uh, it's, it's only the dad who's just like holding everyone back. So, uh, it was refreshing to see like the mom and both the kids be like, we should probably move out of here. Let's just go now. Like there's no reason to stay here. And then they like, contrive ways to keep the dad in like forcing everyone to stay there. So he has to get healed, bro. Yeah. Well, the pool also has like a supernatural hold on him. So that's like, it's not really him that wants to be there so much as the pool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for me for now. I got a whole bunch of stuff for next week for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it costs fifteen million dollars to make, um, and it's uh, Blumhouse and a James Wan Atomic Monster. Mm, yep, I remember that title card. I love that title card. Uh, next week, we're seeing the Beekeeper. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> um, every time I think you mean of it, the uh, Beekeeper. That's right. I think of um, when. Conan is talking to um, his interns and he says, I got to keep the bees busy. A buzz, buzz. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that and we'll see you at the movies. Well, real nerd, no 
Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.